This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. CliffCentral.com. It is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle and some very cool people in the studio this morning. Morning, Tamar. Good morning, John T. And our good friend, Derek Sol. Morning, John T. Derek, we haven't seen you for a while and it's so cool to have you here. He's so shy. He's so elegant. Yeah. It's just one of my better features. (laughs) You've got a lot of good features. (laughs) So we've known Derek for quite a long time, and Derek is in the adult entertainment industry as a dancer, as a sex performer, as a porn star. You'd kind of done it all. Yeah, I've been around the block a couple of times. And that's pretty cool. Absolutely. So we're going to have an interesting discussion this morning. And with us as well is the new head of Tease Hers, which is very, very cool. Yeah, we have all these contact details. We, you might be harassed Absolutely. when you know how it goes. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have a really interesting discussion about the male side of things. Because we talk a lot about women in the adult industry. Mm. And the male side is really, it's just as important. I would agree. Absolutely. So let's see what's happening there. Let us do the dirty dictionary first. Chocolate starfish. Twitter bag. Today's dirty dictionary word is Brona Dirty dictionary word A Brona Tomorrow, any idea? It's something that has to do with a boner that I know something, Yeah, yeah, you're in the right okay. area yeah. Definitely Wayne, any ideas what that might be? You're stumped. We need a microphone on for Wayne. Let's put that on. Is that better? There we go. Um, yeah, I'm stumped. Okay. <laughs> Derek, any idea? I'm just going to go with dupious. I think I've got an idea, but I'm just yeah. going to say dupious. I don't know. Okay. So, message us, call us, let us know what you think a Broner is. The clue is if you watch Californication, I have an idea that's where it first came up from. Um, it was the first time I heard the word, and I was watching old episodes of Californication last week. So that's where I got the word from. So call us on 0861-555-189. We are on Twitter, mm-hmm. on sextalk underscore Cliff, Cliff C. C. Um, and Facebook as well, Facebook. if you wish to look at our post there. It's also cool. And Sex Talk Cliff Central. So, any questions you have for Derek? Oh. Let us know. So many questions. Yeah. So many. <laughs> How did you get started in all this? Um, as a young boy, people want to become doctors and yeah. cowboys and all <laughs> yeah. kinds of things. All I wanted to be was the greatest lover in the world. See, I can identify with 
that one because I spent so much of my life doing that and learning and teaching. Yes, that's exactly what I did. And yeah. uh, I followed some revenues here, I followed some revenues there, okay. and conquest this and conquest that. And yeah. Finally, I ended up in the stripping industry. Okay. And I was very happy because yeah. I've learned the deepest, darkest secrets and desires of women and pains and sufferings mm-hmm. and all kinds of funny things. And through all of this, I just learned a couple of things that made me realize that my whole conquest, my whole life was actually such an idiotic conquest. Yes. <laughs> when, especially when it came to women. Eh? But at least I learned that. Excuse mm-hmm. me, why, so, why, why was it stupid? Because not one single woman on this earth, no matter how the same. similar they are, <laughs> put together, are the same. Mm-hmm. Even if it's one quality. That's it. You're the best lover qualities, in the world. You know that. That puts them apart. And yeah. the only way to become a good lover... Look, if you if you sleep with a million women, you're not a lover, you're a player. Yeah. But to become a really, really good lover, you got to stay with one I'm woman. I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. With one woman long enough for her to open herself completely. That's then, true. and if you're then unselfish as well, obviously. Gold, mm-hmm. gold. <laughs> you know, John, yeah, sometimes we need another stuff. man to say things that you say naturally. We need somebody else yeah. to say it. Because there's, yeah, there's so much about that. Um, and, and that's, that's why I got into the industry mm. and... Yes, so I just like followed every look. I, I just I said I'm going to go balls to the walls. Mm-hmm. Excuse my pun, <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to do it all. But sometimes uh, it's an interesting thing in the world of sexuality when you actually go out and kind of absolutely eat everything. That's when you start to realize the difference between. And it's mm. something that I talk about a lot. We talk Absolutely. about kind of junk food sex and fast food sex and comfort food sex and gourmet sex. Absolutely. But sometimes you've got to start with sort of eating everything. everything. You've got to taste everything. And then you learn, start to learn what's what if you've got half a brain. Yeah, no, that's true. True. And a heart that becomes open. Mm. And that's very That's important cool. to yourself. What was your first time on stage like as a, as a dancer? Well... I was very shy, like Tomar said. You can still see it in me. Yeah. Did I, I can look. I'm, a, I'm an extremely good mimic. I did you know how to dance, or was that a learned skill? Uh, okay, I came from a farm town called Lichtenberg. Okay, All right. Now, if I used anything except hand cream there, yeah. <laughs> it was very frowned upon. Okay. So I came to teasers just to mm. look at it mm. when I was 22, I think. Okay. And um, I had more hair on my body than. I, I can't even explain. I can't even begin to explain. <laughs> because to me, it was frowned upon. I wasn't allowed yeah. to shave. So I came in, and Lolly Jackson said to me, There is no such thing as looking. He tore my clothes off my body and he threw mm-hmm. me on stage. Oh, wow. Uh, let's just put it Kringer in the bush. That's mm-hmm. how it looked downstairs. <laughs> and um, on my boy Lollipop, yeah. it was the worst <laughs> five minutes of my life. I okay. promise you that. But after that, I was. Broken in. Mm. I wasn't shy anymore about anything. Okay. Or at least I could mimic that I was. And was shy. that full nudity the first time out? Okay. How did that feel to be nude as a man in front of a whole lot of people? At first I was scared mm. until the first yelling woman with her hair in her hands yeah. <laughs> sank in. Then it became very liberating and mm. obviously very intoxicating as well. So yes. then I wanted more. I want more, more, yeah. more, more. Yeah. And that's when it started. Now you start shaving. Oh, beauty is such a painful process. (laughs) (laughs) 
So. Yeah, and we become just as vain as women. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Interesting thing, because a lot of people, when women go out at night, they will often get much more hectic than men. Very true. Yes, and Wayne agrees with that. Absolutely. And so the interesting thing is, and here's a question for everybody out there. As a guy, would you want to know what your partner does on a girl's night out? Because... And that's kind of an interesting one. How wild do women actually get? I mean, we know the answer to that, but let's hear it. I'm going to give you a statistical fact here. Yeah. It was, um, Tease Hers was open three years. Mm-hmm. Tease Hers. Mm. And we were only like seven male strippers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had five tables in the club back then. Mm-hmm. Now, Tease Hers, the female side, mm. had seven branches over South Africa. Over 200 women stripping, mm. and they were open just over nine years. And in the nine years that Teasers was open, only 95 men around there, plus minus, was actually dragged out by the scruff for touching or mm-hmm. saying something appropriate or getting a bit, you know, out yeah. of hand. In the three years that Teasers was open with our five tables and seven male strippers, 349 women were literally dragged out by the scruff. Dragged and so banned. Really? And banned. So oh. the boundaries tend to disappear very, very quickly. But we've learned over the years mm. that it's. <laughs> it takes a very special. That's what. Uh, look, that's what Wayne has also tried to. Uh, yeah, br- we'll talk about that th- just now. He, the thing is, it's up to the dancer to mm. keep control. If you've got a sleazy dancer, he's going to take that power and he's going to abuse it. Mm. Which, look, I'm not going to tell you in the 13 years that I've been in this industry, I didn't abuse this power. Like I said, it becomes very intoxicating. But that's how I learned. Mm. You you have the power to to control. So at a private party, obviously the boundaries are a little bit different. Yes. Okay. How different do they get? Well, it's easier. Yeah. Easier to make mistakes. Absolutely. uh, Easier to manipulate. Yeah. There's more alcohol because you, it's not a paying bar or anything. Mm. So it just – you tend to make the mistake of, of doing things for free as well. That's that's very <laughs> stupid. Okay. But that, that, that's what happens if if, yeah. if you – you know, it, 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 I just uh, – give you examples. My right nipple mm-hmm. has been bitten off. <laughs> no. I had Off. I walked, I walked, walked, with, I walked with my nipple to the ambulance. Yeah. Got three stitches to put it back on. Can I see? Mm-hmm. And I've got a happy nipple. <laughs> it never goes down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. That's a gimmick. That's like a party trick. Yeah. I have to see that. It's a happy nipple. It's always in there. Oh my goodness. It's true. I'm going to take a photo of that just now. Okay. Oh, so wow. how much of that is purely alcohol fueled? And how much of that is kind of stone cold sober? Cause that's an, that's an important thing. Um, I think. All of us have a have a darker side to us, obviously, which we suppress yeah. and suppress. And I can I can honestly say, sober women are mo- they're the most loveliest things on earth. Mm-hmm. Promise you. But the moment it gets a bit out of hand with alcohol, obviously the mm. inhibitions drop and all kinds of th- things. Mm. Especially a group of women. One woman, not so bad. Dangerous sometimes, but groups. Yeah, and they kind of they, everybody they kind fuels of like fuels everybody each other. else. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. And as soon as one person crosses a line, 
everybody's there. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting. And part of that becomes it's an interesting thing because a lot of women have this incredibly powerful sexuality that they love to let rip. But mm-hmm. so much socialization and slut shaming and all of that kind of keeps it repressed. Uh, society conformity is like yeah. really, I don't know, put women on yeah. this kind of pedestal. Because there's yeah. a very interesting thing. Um, and we're talking quite a lot about male sexual wounds in the next couple of weeks, which yeah, is yeah. really fascinating. Um, and a lot of the myths of male sexuality. And one is that men are less monogamous than women. That's nonsense. And it's kind of an interesting thing because in pure sexual terms, very often, once a guy has had sex and had an orgasm, that's it, he's done. But once a woman has had an orgasm, often that's just the beginning. beginning. And that's where everything kind of tends to change. The dynamic changes quite a lot. Look, I've got a saying, you wake it, you take it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 yeah. don't wimp out, but I'm just saying that's, yeah. that's the easiest way to explain but it. But that's where a lot of men fall down because they don't know how to create a safe space for their women to express themselves fully because oh. it terrifies them. Yeah, of course. And I always say that men's greatest fear is their greatest fantasy, mm. which is a sexually powerful woman. Mm. And it's the biggest fantasy, but the fear is that they've got no idea on what to actually do, do with, with that yeah. once it's woken up. Because the truth is she'll fuck you to death and ask for more. More, yeah. It's and true. can you actually hold the space for that? Mm. It's true. Absolutely. Can you can you can you can you deal with it? Can you handle it? Can yeah. Because if you're going to wake it up, and most men, firstly, have no clue how to wake it up. Yeah. Never mind what to do with it once it's. It's not even there. an option. Yeah. It's like I've aroused you, and we have climaxed, and it's over because I did my thing. Where's the playfulness? I'm always asking. Where's the curiosity? It, does it need to be awake? Does it need to be waking up? Are you just a curious? I'm starting to understand that there are some people that are just more curious and more playful. Mm. Maybe even more, I don't want to say metrosexual, but aware to the gifts of pleasure. Do you think it's something that can be taught, Derek? Yeah. Really? I came into this. Look, like I said, growing up as a farm boy, Mm. I was told women are this way and that way and this way. Mm. You know, you know the whole story, right? Now I enter this industry and it's every single Damn thing that I was taught <laughs> is completely wrong. Not even remotely right. Completely mm. wrong. So now I open my heart. Like you say, you open your mind. Mm. And by doing that, you also learn about yourself. Mm. A lot about yourself that you didn't know was there because of suppression yeah. by and society. If, and if you're not learning about yourself, you're not learning. The, the only thing that I can say is that you have to pay attention. Mm. Not... Get drunk and then go to a beautiful girl with nice tits and say, um, I'm paying attention. And this woman is pouring her heart out. And in that whole thing that she's doing there, there's, there's hints. She's not going to give you everything because she wants to be explored. She wants mm-hmm. the, the excitement. But there's hints. And if you've got half a brain and you really pay attention, pay attention to how to she reacts to her environment, the way she's wearing her hair that day, what clothes she's got on, what car she's driving, what work she's doing. Which friend she's keeping, what alcohol she's drinking. Every single detail will tell you enough if you actually put it together that by the time you say to hello to this girl, you know exactly how to say hello to her to awaken something. Yeah, but learning how to listen to that is a real skill is. and an art. It is. It takes so, a while. So you're saying that – or uh, it's not what you're saying <laughs> – 
are you saying that women in the club actually um, really open up, that they really share a lot of personal, intimate stuff? There we go. <laughs> One happy nipple. <laughs> photos. Um, not not initially. Yeah. Look, we as men, we walk into a dancing club or a strip club, mm-hmm. and we see a booby or a naked woman, and it's like, wow, I'm blowing tonight. I'm blowing my salary. Yeah. That's it. It's done. A girl walks in and she sees a naked guy or she sees a penis, and it's like, oh, walls goes up. Yeah. So now, first of all, we have to walk over to this girl. You can't make her like you. You have to make her comfortable first. Mm-hmm. Once you've made her comfortable. Then you have to slowly, slowly find the cracks in the walls. Mm -hmm. Because if you just go for it, you're going to scare her off as well. Once you find these cracks, which I will say is probably the qualities that make her different from each other girl. Mm -hmm. And then you can manipulate them. Which sometimes are, she's there for fun, or she's there for this or that. Or she's just in a very unhappily sexual relationship or unhappily married and stuff. And once you've found that out and you've made her comfortable, she will... Then, uh, uh, in this situation, she realizes she's not in a bar where this guy is breathing heavily over her shoulder, mm-hmm. and it's a whole sleazy thing, and it's going to end up being a mess. So the fact that she's the safe, she's in power. She has she has the upper hand. Then she's in power. When she's in power, when she's mm. got the upper hand, she will open. She will tell you everything about herself that you need to know. Mm. Okay, so we got somebody wants to ask you a question, Derek. No problem. Morning. Hi. Morning, Anonymous. Morning. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Morning. Hi, yes. I'd like to ask a question to Derek, please. Yes, sir. Uh, Derek, your life there at Caesars and all that, does that involve a lot of keeping around with women? Um, look, you have that power. And like I said, in the 13 years, I'm not going to tell you that I haven't done that because that would just be stupid. Uh, I have. But eventually you do that, it, it will destroy you. It will destroy you mentally. It will destroy you. Will it destroy you in any way? Yes, yes. Me. That, I mean me. It, it destroys parts of, parts of yourself because it, it, it's, it's just a conflict of interest at the end of the day. You got, you got, you got to live with yourself. You got to look at yourself in the mirror the next day and say, uh, I'm, I'm a real person. Or I'm, I'm just being fake. I'm just, Sexual healing, all kinds of nonsense, you know. It's it's just so you try over the years not to do it. But the, the you're happy with yourself after all of this. Um, look, I I have I've grown. I am happy with myself at the moment. Yes, at the moment okay. I am very happy with myself. Even with the marriages that you destroyed, that is the one thing I've never done. I will. There is one thing that you've done because you've destroyed my marriage. Oh, wow. I'm very um, sorry, sir. My marriage was destroyed by you, sleeping with my wife, and impregnating her, okay. and not even helping out with the child's birth or looking after the child. Well, I'm very sorry if if that is what happened. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a good thing on air that people... Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Derek, you do have a lot of people know you. Yeah. It's 13 Listen, years. It's yeah. 13 years. Yeah. Interesting thing is, and we need to respond to this in some way by simply saying, nobody can destroy somebody else's marriage unless you give it consent. Look, people must, involved are going to do that. Well, you must remember, mm. in this industry as well, a lot of women tell you, 
just as much as you want to hear as yeah. well at, at the end of the day. Yeah, and you're at the receiving end of a conversation that you have no idea of the yeah. rest of. Look, like I'm, I'm not saying I'm right. Maybe mm. I was wrong in this situation, and if I was, then I will try mm. and fix it as, as far as I possibly can. But mm. that's, yeah, that's but people are going to do what they're going to do, and essentially they're going to destroy their own marriage. Yeah, no, true. And that's, yeah, but it's a difficult side of it. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There is, there is the darker side of this yeah. industry. And I'm, like I said, I'm not going to tell you that I haven't been there. I have yeah, of course. definitely been there. Absolutely. The, the amazing thing is the fact that you've learned and grown from it. Because I think a lot of people who I've spoken to in the situation have never done any of that kind of learning. And they sort of pretty much stay where they are and they do what they do. Mm. No, and that becomes sure. quite fascinating. How did you make the jump from <clears throat> dancing into movies? Um, I was approached. First, I was like, uh, my agent phoned me and said to me, listen, this guy is coming from America and they need somebody that's willing to do a movie. Mm. And at the time I was engaged, so I didn't do the movie. I said, to, I couldn't do the movie if it wasn't with my fiance. And he said, no, fine, not a problem. We'll do it with your fiance. And once we've gotten into the industry... Or into that side of the industry. Mm. I think the the movie industry at that time was still very much sentimental. There's still storyline involved and all that nonsense. And um, the the chemistry between me and my fiance, which we've had for years, obviously mm. just worked on camera. So I just got offered more and more and more. And by doing these things, I learned a lot more about my body as well. Mm. And that that intrigued me, so I went a lot deeper into it. So having sex on camera, how was that? <laughs> not, yeah. that not that bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, different to. <laughs> it depends on who you're having sex with. Fair yeah. Enough. So if it was just anybody, it would have been different to your fiance. Yeah. Look, I've had sex with different people, obviously mm. after, um, but. I would say I would never be able to have sex with somebody that I don't have chemistry with because the camera will pick it up. Mm. So it's not just a switch on kind yes. of let's go. And it, there's safety involved. It's a mm. very, it's actually a very complicated um, um, process. Yeah, sex is very, and male sexuality is much more complex than than we generally think. Yes, it is. That it is. It is. And incredibly emotionally linked. Very much so. Yes. Much more so than a lot of men tend to think. Or tend to actually just admit. Yeah. yeah. And with the camera, <clears throat> any kind of performance issues or was that even kind of an issue or? No. No. Okay. Not, not a, in the beginning, not, not but at all. But you've described, yeah, you actually <laughs> described that you got injured uh, while having too much sex in sex when we'll chat about it just now. But do you also express the fact that there's good chemistry and then you, you said that it's really like about like you can go days and days? Yeah. It's a passion. It is. Is it yeah. something that you said in the heat of the moment or you're still no. sticking by that story? The passion and the passion for the game ignites the flame. Mm. If I walk up to you with no confidence, are you going to pay me attention? Mm. No. If I don't enjoy what I'm doing, are you going to give me any attention? Definitely exactly. not. Exactly. Mm. I got to make you believe that that is what I'm all about. Are your mm. friends happy to to listen to you, learn from you? Do you see any interest when it comes from male other male Strippers or entertainers or porn actors or even now you're all, you're getting to TV or you're in, you're in prime TV. Do you do you manage to work with people on that? How to magnetize? How to how to attract that? I use this in everyday life. Yes. Mm. Mm. 
yes, sometimes I have used it for very, very bad things, which <laughs> I, I have dealt with a karma for. Yeah. But obviously you can use it for a lot of uh, good things as well. And mm. I can at least say 90% of the, the dancing industry, whether I've led them into the wrong direction or the right direction, they've always looked at me for for knowledge, for, for experience, mm. for tips, tricks, all those kind of things. And I'm full of it. And I've reached a point in the industry where it's not so much for me about the dancing and the conquest and the this and that anymore. It's about teaching and teaching it the right way and not the wrong way. So that the people that enter this industry with the same passion that I did don't make the same mistakes I did. Mm. And they can actually grow from it faster and better. You know, where, where I made mistakes, they can actually make it better. Mm. That's important that I know of my journey, a lot of stuff that I did in the early days that were definitely mistakes. Um, and we learn from them and we grow and yeah. the knowledge from that becomes invaluable. And in a way, and being on a sexual journey, it is the only way that you learn. Yeah. Because sometimes it doesn't matter what people tell you. Mm. You got to go there. No, no, look, um, you got to make mistakes. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to learn. But that's <clears throat> where we learn about ourselves enormously. Mm. And that's the most important thing is to keep on bringing it back to yourself. Yeah, that's true. Rather than just kind of putting it putting outwards it out all the time. No, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Now, at Sexpo last year, you did yourself a terrible damage. <laughs> how did that happen? What actually did happen and how did you deal with and it? And was your cock so. insured? <laughs> no. That's a sad no. thing. Unfortunately, <laughs> in, in, the, in the States or the American <laughs> sex industry, there's uh, all those kind of things. But yeah. Nothing. No. 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 Okay. So what actually happened? Uh, Too much sex can kill you. Actually, look, that was, was it, it wasn't on camera. It was in mm. front of a, a live audience of yeah. 280 something people. Mm. And it was three days, four, five times a day. Mm. And then in between we did live webcaming as well. So that's a lot of playing with your yeah. private parts. Absolutely. And a lot of arousal. And... As a male porn star, you're not allowed to actually give them the money shot. Yeah. So, okay, I'm not going to say that there wasn't playing backstage. There was a lot of playing going on mm -hmm. backstage and, and carfufling and all kinds of stuff yeah. to keep, you know. To them, I'm really expanding yeah. my Afrikaans, John T. <laughs> <laughs> to, actually, to actually keep things going, right? And then you get on stage and there was times that it was a bit overwhelming. Mm. It was very overwhelming. Not for, for my partner at the time. My partner at the time... Look, I think there was a fantasy thing going there that I picked up, and that that actually helped me again. Mm. Uh, too much though, because I I drank a, I drank a couple of Viagras just in case there was stage performance yeah. anxiety, mm. and I downed them with a couple of glasses of brandy just mm. to take the anxiety mm. away. And obviously the Which blood was thin. A bit of a the blood mixture. was thin, and everything was going. And oh. then when I thought I wasn't going to get excited on stage, I got. So excited that the head of my cock exploded. Okay. Okay. Literally so exploded. So for the listeners, it's not like it was blue, but it wasn't like off. Just really no, bruised. Not, not, not bruised. It just Actually, tore, tore yeah. just tore open. Oh. Yeah. So off you went to the hospital, and a couple of hours later, you were back, back in on stage. business again. No. That I didn't know. Yeah. Absolutely. I must be honest, John T knows that much better than all of us. He's been, you know, he's been in Sexpo, South Africa for years and years and years. 
It's such a vibe there. It, you don't know if it's day or night. Everybody's hyped yeah, on life. Everybody's on sex. You know, you get lost in time there. You oh. get lost in lots of stuff. No, not true. You know, backstage is like a fuck fest. And performing sexually, performing in front of groups of people like that. How was that for you? Was it exciting? Was it just work? No, it was exciting. Mm. All the time, or kind of the first couple of times, and now we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, look, the last day or mm. so, tiredness and fatigue sets in, and mm. then it's not that exciting anymore, obviously. So mm. then it became a little bit more work, yeah. 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 Then it was just performing, putting on face and, and performing. Yeah. Mm. But the first day or two, it was like, yeah, man, let's do this stuff. <laughs> mm. yeah. It was very exciting. It's like you wake up in the morning, and it's like, not about the money even. It's just like, yeah. I can't wait to go do this again. Absolutely. This is so fun. What's going to happen? Yeah. yeah. And it's an amazing thing. Um to be in that space, it really is. Um, it's incredibly powerful. It is. Um, Look, I can say I'm, I'm very lucky. I've, I've, mm. I'm, I'm thankful that I've had the opportunities I had and I've learned a lot, and mm. experienced a lot. Mm. What have you learned about making love to a woman that you would share with other men? Making love can be anything. It can be... It's a very big misconception that making love is like all very slow and very, mm-hmm. it, it's not that. Making love can be anything. Making love can be fast. Making love can be hard. Making love can be soft. Making love can have whips and mm. chains and all kinds of stuff involved. Uh, making love is more about knowing your partner. So what distinguishes making love from having sex? It's the thing I talk about lots. Um... Sex is meaningless mm-hmm. if there's no love or connection involved. Mm-hmm. And um, anybody can have sex. It's like uh, it's like a, a comfort food. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a chocolate because I'm bored. Mm. That's sex. It's, I, can, I can go up to, to, to her now and say, listen. Her, tomorrow. Uh, sorry, tomorrow. Uh, no, just saying. Uh, t- no, because he's not talking to all the other mm. chicks. talking to me. Okay, tomorrow. I can, yes. go up, I can go up to tomorrow now and say to her, listen, yeah, you look just as bored as I am. Do you want to have sex? Okay, mm. bend over, boom, 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 done. Yeah, it's so true. Mm. You just, you just nail it. You really did. It's mm. like, or it's I almost like we're not talking with words. It's like, mm. I'm not excited about it. We've done it already so many times, and I know you for a year or two or five. Nah, I'm not excited. Are you excited? No, because life is not exciting. Exactly. So let's not be excited. Mm. Or I can actually go there and actually take the time to literally know her, and then tomorrow morning wake up and go. Even if it was just for a couple of minutes, mm. I can go. Wow, that was an experience. That was. I'm taking something from this. That is making love mm. to me. One of the things that I teach almost every man who walks in my door, not almost every single man who walks mm. in my door comes to every workshop, is the idea of getting out of the orgasm for men. Yeah. What do you think about that? Mm. That is a difficult thing to get over mm-hmm. because it's it's obviously it feels very good yeah, and, and, and all that. But if you can get past that. To make somebody else's pleasure more important than your own climax is so much more of a climax at the end mm. because you take so much more out of it. You learn, you experience, you learn about your own body. It's, 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 it's I don't know, it's, it's spiritual almost, very spiritual. Mm. What does that mean for you? I mean, I'm agreeing with you, mm. but what does that mean for you? It means that... For me, sex is not always just about flesh and 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 physical, and it's it's a lot deeper. 
Look, being in the industry for 13 years and being surrounded by naked women, obviously, as well, I've kind of looked past it, you know, and even even with exploration on other sides and stuff of the industry, yes, mm-hmm. I've looked past it. It's It's much deeper for me right now. Much, much, much deeper. A girl could take her clothes off. It's not going to be like that. I'm telling you, you're going to be very, you're going to be almost more beautiful than a, than a human being to turn me on like mm. that. I'm serious. John, that's, that's something. Yeah, that's something that I, I just want to um, emphasize that you know we are living in a, such a society which forbids you to have sex or not a lot. Choose the right ones. Choose the right ones. And I just think that when you have more sex and when you bring consciousness, consciousness comes usually when, with practice. Yeah. You need to live life mm. to be conscious. You can't just meditate and levitate on a mountain and be conscious. So having sex and going through that shit, and I'm sorry, there's an elephant in the room. The guy that called is obviously stalking you. <laughs> He's obviously know where you are in every single moment because who, you know, who calls you knows that, you know, you're on sex talk today. Yeah. So there's, you know, people have obsessions and I'm just thinking it's fine and it might have been a very wrong thing that happened mm. there but you know you own and you go through the journey and you've done you've you've been through a lot of stuff and you had a lot of sex and now you can see beyond nudity you can see beyond yeah. the erection beyond the you know the, something that comes easy to you the climax the, the mm. everything it's it's a lot more than that yeah a lot more yeah. Interesting. It's Why is it important that we have a space to go and watch naked men and women dance and do what they do? Great question. That's a very good question. I thought so too. <laughs> I've actually never actually. That's a very good question. Yeah. I know for me when Wayne, why do you yeah, think it's when important? You go. Well, basically, I think the security comes in being a controlled environment. Uh-huh. You've got no pressure. You've got <clears throat> no uh, influences that could maybe upset you. Mm. There's there's no damage to your personal being, hmm. and it's escapism. Okay, yeah. so it's a fantasy. It is a fantasy, definitely. And as you said earlier on, uh, how do women react? Hmm. Um, when they first arrive, they are a little bit reserved, and social lubricant plays a very big part in this. Hmm. A few drinks later, and the inhibitions have dropped, and they actually enjoy the situation, basically because they know they're in a safe environment. Hmm. There's not someone lecherous over their shoulder. They're not getting their drinks sparked. Um, if they say no, go away, we don't like you. Plain and simple, the guy leaves. Mm. So they are in control of themselves in that environment. Okay. So what inside of us is drawn to that? Primitive. Primitive. Base instincts. Curiosity. There's a a different, Mm. hundred different versions for a hundred different people. I spoke about it with York before and and I said to him, actually when we went to see Magic Mike or in Sexpo, you see all these perfect bodies or let's say... Better bodies than you see in yeah, every well day. Groomed. On you. Yeah, well, well groomed, groomed exactly. Well groomed. Which is, by the way, you know, when you guys came in today and when that applies to you as well, such great smell, mm. groomed, you know, both of you very aware of what women really will appreciate that at least, you know, there's some kind of respect. It's a level of respect. Yeah, yeah. don't use it in manipulation. No, no, and, it's, you know? it's purely yeah. a level of respect. Exactly. But, but part of yeah. that becomes important. You know, I was teaching mm. a couple a while ago. Mm. Um, they're on a, a journey of learning. And we were doing a very basic foot massage lesson. Beautiful, very sensual, very safe, very gentle. Um, And his grooming wasn't quite right. And afterwards, that for her became the focus. They'd been married for a couple of years. um, And that became the focus for her rather than what they were actually doing doing in the moment. And it's an important thing. Um, 
And a lot of people, I think, when they think they've got somebody, so much of that tends to fall. We stop looking after ourselves because I got you now. I don't have to work as hard as I did to get you. But that's when you actually have to work even harder at your relationship Mm. to keep that. When a hunter catches an animal, he doesn't set up traps after he catches it anymore. Mm. He he tends to let go. Being in a relationship, if you meet somebody who has no clue what you do, and even somebody who does know what you do, how do relationships work? Could you be in a relationship with somebody who is not in the same industry that you are? Um, look, relationships in this industry is extremely difficult. Absolutely. Um, dating somebody in the same industry, conflict of interest, jealousy, uh, paranoia, all kinds of bad things. Comes with drugs <laughs> or just comes with… Uh, comes with the territory. No, uh, territory. Look, with, with everything, everything. Mm. Bring in drugs, bring in alcohol, bring in… Uh, desperation, mm. bring in all kinds of things. Mm. So we know that a lot of the female dancers, that, that drug use is quite high. With the male dancers? It used to be. Yeah, and we know that it's changing. And we know that certain clubs are much, uh, let's use the word, cleaner than, than Look, others. I'm not going to say I am one of the main things in the industry. Mm. But like I said, there's a lot of, lot of us older that mm. are looked up to. And the way that we go is probably... A lot of the times people have followed that direction. Mm. That's why I'm saying we've we've tried now to clean it up and it's working. Mm. It is actually, I can say that the male side of the industry mm. is very clean. What was the impetus for cleaning it up, for changing it? Where did that come from? Um, politics, uh, backstabbing, um, jealousy, uh, selfishness, um, everything just turned the industry into mm. such a sleazy dark place that it attracted that type of person and and that's not that that's just to to have a next generation of mm. you know male entertainers like that is just going to ruin the rest of the industry for everyone was it ruining business oh, from yeah. a purely business point of yeah. view yeah you had People that abused power mm-hmm. because they had that power and experience and knowledge and kept younger or more unexperienced people under control with drugs. Mm-hmm. And the money was going to two or three places where the rest was suffering. And that was causing for more desperation. And it was just an ugly, ugly spiral. Very ugly spiral. And was it impacting on the amount of people coming to watch you on the environment? Yeah. It nearly killed the industry completely. Mm. Nearly, nearly. We mm. nearly hang ourselves completely. So what was your role in changing this, Wayne? Well, basically I was approached, I'll just give you a bit of a background mm. in the adult industry, but I'm a very, very, very private person, very clean living. And uh, Mr. Diago from Teasers asked me if I wouldn't be able to assist in getting the brand up and running. And, I've, uh, and I, I did a lot of due diligence over there and I analyzed the problems. First of all, the jealousy and the backstabbing. I had to eradicate mm. A lot of that came from the drug usage, um, lowering of inhibitions, morals, all this type of stuff. So slowly, slowly we cleaned it up with drug tests, analyzing people's personal behavior, how they approach the client, what was the client's reaction, and we weeded out the bad. And I'm so glad to say that after a, a bit of a time period, there's such a cohesive force amongst the people working there at the moment. They're all supportive. They're not individualistic. They know it's a team effort. 
and things are really improving. Okay. So you're actually trying to make this a profession. Yes, definitely. It's like anything else is professional. People pay good money to see what's going on, mm. and they want a professional act. They don't want a bunch of people sleeping in the corner, acting abhorrently, uh, screaming, shouting, mm. cursing. And so, as I say, a lot of our clientele are now really enjoying themselves. We got, we have returned clientele, and they are top-class business people as well. Mm. It's not run of your mill. They really enjoy the stuff. What's the lifespan of a dancer, a male dancer? I've been in it <laughs> since 22. I am now 32. Um, it's been a long time. Yeah. How many years are you going to carry on? I mean, there's no reason that you should stop. Look, I am k- kind of reaching the end of my journey mm-hmm. slowly where I will go into more, uh, maybe get shares or anything like that mm. or teach and, you know, look after mm. the industry. But you can go. I've one of the best male dancers that we've had. He's gone back to London now. His name was Reno. And he danced up until he was 49. Mm. He was in the industry for about 20 years. So you, you can, it, it's all about how you groom and how you look after yourself. Mm. And whatever you do as a youngster will affect you as you get older. So stay away from the drugs, stay away from the mm. alcohol. You know, try to be safe, play it safe. Then you mm. can, you can. Put a lot of mileage in your clock before going. Yeah. What kind of backgrounds do people come from today? The men who come to learn or come to dance. What kind of backgrounds do they come from? All sorts. It's there's not really a general background like single parent or hard mm. life. Yes, there are, there are that, and we all enter the industry because there's money to be made. Yeah. Um, but I came out of a normal home with two parents. Mm. Um, there was a divorce and everything, but it was nothing. I didn't have an unhappy life. I did my matric. I did further studies. We, we get people, you know, from universities. We get people that had mm. extremely hard lives and from scummy areas. And but, you know, it's it's not. I can't. I can't generalize on mm. what what type of do, do person comes to the industry. So as it becomes more professional, are different people coming into it for different reasons? Yeah. And the thing is, you just work out the riffraff, like he says, you keep, you keep the riffraff out. Mm. You get, you can get a person that comes from the deepest, darkest parts of the south of Johannesburg, but he has etiquette, he has the will to be something better. Mm. And then you get a person that comes out of the richest parts of the north of Johannesburg, and he's just a complete Knob. Then it's mm. a short profession, yeah. you know, it's a short-lived profession, you're there mm. for two months, two years, you burn yourself out. That's it. Uh, it's quite obvious. It's, it's like any anything. If you want to get famous or infamous, it doesn't matter how you mm. put it. Uh, you got to walk the line. If you shoot up too quickly, you will go down fast. You got to walk the line. You you got to got to learn slowly. Yeah. Right. Okay. And moving between kind of the different areas, like dancing to more kind of explicit, more hardcore stuff, was there an easy space and moving back between them? Um, no, I was. I'm just an animal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a, a shy animal, but shy an animal. animal. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've got. I've got. I've so got the lights come on and something comes out. Yeah, I, know. I just. I don't know. It, like I said, it's from the first time that scream of a girl and mm. the hair. It just. It, it hit a spot somewhere and it just opened something completely different. Mm. Of of that I didn't even know that it was there. I just saw myself as this like really shy little boy. 
Yeah. We love that. Absolutely. Do you think yeah. you, you got spotted to, to be in a TV series that you are playing now in one of, one of your performances? Do you think the TV director was just like, oh yeah, that's the guy I want to see? How, how did it happen? Um, well, I've got a lot of things going on in my life, like you can obviously hear, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm trying to rectify all these things mm-hmm. for the listeners out there. And look, I, I Not went. Not rectify, rectify. Just, just rectify. So I went out looking for you know, more income and stuff like that. And um, I did. I do a lot of modeling and stuff as mm-hmm. well. So I went, and I went for an audition just for TV extra. On. They were looking for a bunch of extras for, that they can place in Seven Alarm mm-hmm. and and Isidingo and all these things. Mm-hmm. And there was this actor that just couldn't get his lines. He couldn't. He just couldn't get his lines. And we're not talking about mm. cocaine, by the way, whoever's not <laughs> li- listening now. And yeah. uh, he's a well-seasoned actor. I'm not going to name names, but mm. he's a well-seasoned actor. So I took his paper and I gave it a look through. And I did not only his lines, I did his cues, his reactions, and uh, the person that's going with him. And I said to him, this is how I do it. You know, it's mm. just archiving, counting, it's all kind of, you know. And one of the directors was sitting right behind me. And she said to me, what are you here for? And I'm like, no, I'm just here for extra. And she's mm. like, Mm-mm. go do what you did just now. Go do it there. Go, into, go to those places and tell the people I sent you there. And I did. And I blew their socks off. They were literally flabbergasted. And they said to me, why haven't you done this your whole life? So now I'm, I'm acting. It's a small, very small role to start with. But yeah. it's, it's, it's a featured role. It's not just an extra. So I mean, you'd like to pursue yeah, I'm actually enjoying this very, very much so. Yeah, okay. Do these people know the past? Um, some of them, yes. Okay. And women, women pick up. They, they, they smell a sense of sexuality that mm. like attracts them and asks questions and like. And their response to that, to what it is that you've done. Insight, excitement, mm. excitement. And from a professional level, is it an issue? No. No. If if I'm going to make it an issue, then it, it will become mm. an issue. Because a lot of yeah. a, a lot of Women. Um, a lot of people in America, for example, have tried to do that crossover, mm. you know, from porn to mm. to straight acting, and very few have actually been able to make it. Mm. It's, it's, um, it is a difficult. I can say it's, mm. it's a difficult transition. Yeah, it's a complete different. So there's still acting. that level of judgment. It's a, it's a different. So you try and keep that separate. You know, Absolutely, it's, it's, it, it will become a conflict of interest. But there are some people mm. that. Especially women, I don't know, they just have an intuition. Sure. Because that's what they pick up on. There's no, no question of that. Yeah. But it's an amazing energy because our sexual energy can be used in so many different ways. And when you learn to channel it, you can actually channel it into so many different creative expressions. Um, and sex is often kind of the smallest of that. Minute. Taking it up into a creative expression, into business expression, into... Um, heart expression, so many different things. Because our sexual energy and our creative energy are exactly the same thing. So simply learning to channel it becomes. It becomes the that's that's the the whole goal. Yeah, I think all of us just wants to be a sexual. Uh, how can I put it? Sexual being mm. for somebody else in life, mm. and we go about doing business and going to the bank, even doing shopping, mm. and we don't realize this, but it comes out. Sure. Even if you're not. Aware of it, but it only comes out when it's real. Yes, because you can't fake authenticity. That. Yeah, but what I've learned is, I love it when women try and hide it, mm-hmm. 
because then it becomes more real. They just don't know. The He's fact looking at me now. Yeah. So I'm just all blushing now. The, the fact that they're actually trying so hard to hide it makes it so much more mm. obvious. But it's fun. Yeah. At least that it's no, you know what? I like to say, no, you know what? You actually, you're hitting a spot there. Yeah, I, why women also became like, you know, so powerful in their masculinity and they can't just say, wow, you're turning me on. That's really cool. Or like, hey, you speak in a, in a way that is more vulnerable and I'm actually getting a little bit turned on. It's, you know, we can't say that. We're mm. like, then we get all flustered and we have to just pretend that it didn't happen. But we are, you know, we're designed to get attracted to people. That's so I don't really get it. But I love it that you're you're pointing it out because it's it's funny. It's it actually is funny. There, it is there. It is actually yeah. a factor. Yeah. What they are, look, I'm not, life is changing. Women are getting more liberal about the way they are. Yeah, when they're, when they're in teasers, yeah. yeah. But if you're in a meeting and all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, Hank, you know, a beautiful guy walks in, you're like... Oh my God, you know, let me not look. And it could be, sometimes it's something very, like, out there because the girl is like really trying her best and sometimes it's something just subtle. Mm. Just a subtle Mm. smile or a quick look or something. Like I said, if you can really learn how to pay attention, you will pick up on it immediately. What does vulnerability mean to you? Predators. There are a lot of predators out there. And um, a lot of people have learned probably what I've learned through different ways or the same way. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And they are just – look, you you get just some really s- twisted people, just put it that way. Twisted because of maybe what they went through or mm-hmm. they were just born twisted and, and they will mis- they will use this for, for bad things. And male vulnerability? It's very real. As like you said, it's it's something that not a lot of men would actually admit or even acknowledge mm. that exists because we have to be men, but it's there. We we get hurt very deeply actually, mm. and um, I think sometimes we take it actually more deep than a girl does, mm. way deeper. Yeah, because we don't really express it either, and we have to keep it to ourselves mm. as per society's. Norm. Yeah. So, so, it, so for me, I have to say that that's become one of the most important and key expressions of masculinity is vulnerability. Yes. True. Um, and that's where the real authenticity. We comes are just through. as vulnerable as. Yeah. No. True. Very true. I have gone through that a million times over in my yeah. life. And that's where the real power, actually, of masculinity lies, is yeah. in the vulnerability and the strength. Mixing them together and bringing them together and moving between them. Finding a common ground between. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I love about this and I love about what we do is we sit here and we get to talk a lot with people that we know, which is really fantastic. Um, But the absolute amazing surprise of the depth of people. And it's beautiful. And it's just an honor to share. Um, thank you. No, thank you guys for giving me the Very opportunity much. to share. It's really, it's really important because on one side, what we do and what a lot of us in the sex industry, and there's a spectrum of that. Mm. And I'm as much a part of it in my way as you Any, are. Anybody else. Um, but knowing that there's more, even if it's these little pockets of it that are growing and that are showing people that there's more is just so important because it makes it safe and it makes it normal. Yeah. And that's so important. And it gives so many other people a space, men and women, to step 
into that. And I have to tell you, for the work that I do, and most of my work has been with women over the years, I get so excited when a man comes and says, I want to learn. It's the most amazing thing. Because men create the vessel and the space for women to be the fullness of who they are. You get defined. And the more that we learn to do that, the more we learn about ourselves, the more we're using the transformational power of sexuality. And that is the real, real power. And let me objectify you, John. So, you look great today. You're losing weight. You. you look like hot. Thank you. Sorry, I had to. Because yeah, you you're, you're hot. <laughs> you are kind of glowing. <laughs> you must admit. It's, it's, it's sex. But John, you tell us a few words yeah. what's going to happen in Good. sex for this year that you're. Good reasons for that. So before that, mm-hmm. two very exciting things on Tuesday. Tuesday is Women's Day. Public holiday. And we're doing that. Two yoga. nude yoga classes, one in Joburg at Indie Yoga. And we had such a cool time with Kerry talking about that yeah, last week. I'll be there. So that is happening. And in Cape Town, Valentina Love is doing a nude yoga experience for women as well. And Hooray. that is on Facebook and it is on our page yeah. on Cliff Central. So you really want to have a wonderful experience as well. And you cannot get dressed in drag and go to a nude woman's yoga class. You mm. have to be the real. Thing. And you have to be invited. <laughs> you kind of can't just storm it. Yeah, you know. And that's it. So that's really, really some amazing stuff happening fun. on on Tuesday. That's mm. really cool. I've really enjoyed this, and I think we're going to come back to this because there's so much to this, and it's really important that men see men differently. Look, if I could just teach classes, I promise you, if if men only knew what I know. Derek, we are going to teach some stuff yes. together. I How swear to God, if that? I could just teach some men out there what I know. Um, exactly. Callers that called in just like this now yeah. would never happen. Exactly yeah. the same. Would because never happen. so much could be different. And lately I've been dealing with people in such relationship pain. And mm. so much of it comes from if we as men, and everybody is responsible mm-hmm. for their relationship. Of course. My relationship is my responsibility. Her relationship is her responsibility. Our relationship is our responsibility. But if we could teach men more, so much could be different. Different, And uh, that's why I get so excited when men come and say, I want to learn. And some of the guys who have expressed interest in coming to the retreat in Mozambique to say, I want to learn. And that is absolutely Absolutely amazing. Guys, this was so, really worth it. Like, just for you guys debating here on that, that was so worth so we it are today. definitely coming back to this. Wayne, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And uh, maybe we'll have to come and check out what you guys are doing. Maybe we have to. Oh, no. Please yes. do. Please do. <laughs> so. By the way, interesting so. enough, this, this conversation between men turned me on 20 times more than, you know, seeing gorgeous guys, mm. which... Of course you are taking off their clothes. This is a turn on. I didn't want to say that I could notice, but I didn't. I know, but I told you already that I am. Okay. Thank you again. It's kind of hard for me. Very quickly. Very, very quickly. You know, my role is that observer. Mm. And I so often see the subtle cues that are exhibited by the the clientele that the Mm -hmm. the guys there do not see. And it's my task to direct them in the right direction. That body language, the touch of the hair, the puffing mm. of the chest, the um, the eyes opening, you know, touching a friend saying, that guy's hot, where he's walked past mm. already, and he hasn't seen that. And that's what mm. I usually do to try and guide them to realize those cues. So here's a fascinating idea, because I've taught a lot of women. And I've taught a lot of women about sensuality and about sexuality and a lot of different guises. I would really love 
the opportunity to come and spend a little bit of time with your guys and talk a little bit about sensuality Mm-mm. and give them some pointers and see what comes from that. Please do. That's a pretty cool one. So I think They're we should talk astute. about that. Especially the bunch be. that is in the industry mm. now. We, I mean, I've learned mm. a lot. But I'm telling you, I think as deep as I've ever gone, I've barely mm. scratched the surface. Yeah. I just want to know more. Yeah, And I think to be able to do that would be a great opportunity. So, again, thank you guys very, very much. Thanks. Up next is Casper and the team and a whole lot of people out there. This looks like it's going to get really, really kind Ooh, of interesting. Oh, and what is a boner with a, with a brown? Oh, the broner is an accidental erection caused by attraction to a man. man. Oh, a man of, okay, so but a man has a boner because of a man. Bromance. I wish you Bro-nance. all so Bro- much pleasure. This is cliffcentral.com.